Happy New Year on the Best in Class podcast with JoeBucksFan.com draft guru Sean Sullivan. He sprints around the NFL looking at young players and rookies, how they're performing and fitting in, and who's not. And of course, it all starts with a look at our beloved Buccaneers. Here's Sean. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Best in Class with Sean Sullivan coming live from Bill Curry Ford Studios in the great Tampa Bay with the best assistant in the business. Say hi, Grace. Hi. What a great week of football. Amazing time, guys. Again, the Bucks are doing what they're supposed to do. We talked about them winning their last three games, winning the division title, having momentum going into the, the home playoff game, and we're going to break down some football. But first, Bill Curry Ford has been in, the, in business since 1960. We are building the most amazing facility that Tampa deserves. I mean, it's going to be very similar to something you'd see in Miami or Fort Lauderdale or Boca. It's going to be premier customer immersion experience. Fantastic. You can see pictures and video at BillCurryFord.com. If you'd like to order a vehicle right now, we have an ordering concierge, Nikki, who will take your order right over the phone. We can deliver it to your home. Uh, we actually pay you $500 to order a vehicle. No deposit necessary. Super easy. And right now we are the king of the certified pre-owned. So we are in this Blue Advantage certified program. We're certifying Fords and non-Fords. You can actually buy a non-Ford product from Bill Curry Ford, and it's certified with 133-point inspection. So fantastic stuff coming, Grace. The construction's coming along. We'll have our parts building up by June 16th, which is very exciting. Please follow us at Bill Curry Tampa, Facebook, Instagram. Please share this podcast. Um, with all of your friends, we're on Podbeam and Apple and Google Play, which is a, a new one I was just figured out for Android. We have some Android listeners who are asking me how to download the podcast if they don't want to get it from Joe Bucks fan, which is fine. But get it from Joe Bucks fan. It's the best reading uh, in the United States with the most comprehensive Bucks coverage in the world right now with over 2 million people visiting Joe Bucks fan a month, which is absolutely amazing. Okay, great. Let's, uh, let's get into some football. So let's talk about the game. So the Buccaneers won the game 30-24. to 24. We all know about the late game heroics. I'm not going to walk you through step by step what happened in the game, but we're going to go through some some of my uh, observations during the game, uh, some of our rookies during the game. But um, that Tom Brady that played, for those of you who have watched Tom Brady play all year, there was a guy that stood in the pocket and delivered the ball on time and took some hits. I have a theory. My theory is is that Tom Brady, if he's going to stand in the pocket and deliver the ball, it has to be in an important game for him to take those hits. He took a lot of hits in the Carolina game, more so than in other games that I've watched, and it was because he was waiting on his routes to, to develop. And what I haven't seen in prior games was if his routes weren't developing and the pass rush was coming, this is before he gets hit, guys, he would rush the ball out of the pocket. So the ball was coming out in 2.136 seconds, 2.2 seconds, or he would throw at the feet of his receiver because he wouldn't follow through because he didn't want to lock his legs or his form because he doesn't want to get hit. Which, guys, we have the GOAT. We also, he's also 45 years old. He is a human being. And if I have a 21-year-old trying to get a $100 million contract, storming through my offensive line, trying to rip my head off and make a name for himself, I'm the guy that knocks Brady out of the game. That's what Brady has to deal with every game. So, But in this game, if you go back and watch, I watch every snap of every game, Brady stood in that pocket and delivered the ball down the field. Now, two of those plays were play action, which we've talked about repeatedly with Byron Leftwich. But one of them, nope, he took, a, he took a hit from Derek Brown out of Auburn right to his chest and put the ball on the money. And I believe that that's a time where he would have been checked down Charlie because he basically doesn't want to take those hits. And I completely understand his, his point of view. What I think you're going to see right now 
is the Brady that we're going to see in the playoffs is not the Brady that we saw all year. And I think what you're going to see is, is vintage Brady in the playoffs, which I'm very excited about. Carolina played a very, very good game. They got away from the run. The Bucks were playing a, a very stingy uh, run defense. They were also, in their coverages, they were forcing Sam Donald to throw the ball. They weren't going to allow them to run the ball, which was, and you saw some pinpoint passing by Sam Donald, but as soon as his rhythm got interrupted, he started throwing some errant balls, and you got to see that. Um, Carolina does not have a lot of talent, guys, on offense, and that's what was surprising that they had been in so many games. There's some good coaching going on there, even though I think Steve Wilkes is going to get fired. But I thought they played their hearts out. I think Sam Donald played his heart out. So, But congratulations to the Buccaneers. Uh, let's talk about some of the players. What I'd like to tell to Steve is the name of this podcast is going to be Let Them Play because – if we're going to go into the Atlanta game and sit our players when we had one game of rhythm, 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 rhythm passing, it's a mistake. Ask, you know, Jim Kelly and the Buffalo Bills or, or ask the San Francisco 49ers with, Steve, um, with George Seifert. These guys all sit their teams and, uh, and their players before the games. And I'm telling you, it makes a difference for timing and, and et cetera. You don't want to wait till the third quarter of the game to start throwing. And I'm going to give you a more recent example. The Cincinnati Bengals made the Super Bowl last year, right? What did Cincinnati do this year? They had their preseason games, right? They didn't play one starter in their preseason games. Burrow didn't play. Chase didn't play. They set their starters. And what happened when the season started, when the bullets started flying? What happened? I know what happened. You got beat by a terrible Pittsburgh Steelers team. And, and uh, I don't remember the other loss, but it was, uh, oh, the Browns. Uh, they started their season 0-2 again because they refuse to get their players in a rhythm in preseason. I, I think it's a huge mistake. Right now, you have the team flying high. You had a huge victory at home, right? You need to go to, you need to, go to Atlanta. You need to put on a show in the first half with your, with your starters and sit them down. Now listen, if a player gets hurt, please don't write Joe Buck's fans, this is why you set the players. Listen, there's no crystal ball, and a player could get hurt in practice, right? In practice, they can get hurt. How about Ryan Jensen, Okay. It doesn't matter. Aaron Stenny, another guy. You can get hurt in practice. You don't need to be in live games to get hurt. What I'm saying is it's more important for this team to have momentum going in at 9-8 and because you don't want to lose this game to Atlanta. You don't want to start playing Gabbert and lose this game. Are you guys crazy? Atlanta Falcons won last week, and they, had, they, they ruined their draft position by kicking a field goal late to win the game. Why? Why? I have no idea if you're not going to make the playoffs why you would want to win that game. But they did. They played all the way to the wire. I expect them to play the Bucks extremely diff hard because of what happened, what they considered the roughing the passer call in the last game. Grady Jarrett's going to come out and try to kill somebody. So let's, let's – I just don't think they're going to lay down like everybody thinks. I think they're going to – they played last week for no reason. They're going to play this week again. They got a coach that's fighting for every win. They got a, a rookie quarterback that we're going to talk about that's, that's fighting. So, so there you go. So let's get on to our, our second-round draft pick, Logan Hall out of Houston, which um, Joe Bucks fan wrote a very interesting article about how Todd Bowles was talking about where Logan Hall was in his career. Guys, he's a second-round draft pick. I get really frustrated with all of these emails that I get about how these rookies and Jason Light doesn't know how to draft. And you guys have no idea what you're talking about, Okay. These are not top 10 picks. These are low first round, high second round picks. Joe Tryon was the last pick in the first round. Logan Hall was the, was the um, third pick in the, thir in the second round. These are not difference makers, guys. These are developmental players, and I believe that we're getting a lot out of Joe Tryon for his draft position. Guys, he's, he was drafted last pick in the first round. 
That's what happens when you win the Super Bowl and when you go to the playoffs and you go deep in the playoffs. You don't get these, these blue chippers. What Jason Light is working with is trying to put depth on a team through Logan Hall, through our second, our other second-round pick, Luke Gedecki, who got on the field and actually played extremely well during the Carolina game. Rashard White, our third-round pick out of Arizona State, how much better could the guy play? He picks up the blitz. He catches every single ball thrown to him. He runs his tail off. I, I, I don't know what else you could do. Our, our fourth-round pick, Kate Otten, um, no one's talking about the fact that Cam Brant was benched, but he was. And Kate Otten is starting the last two weeks, and guess what? He's laid an egg for two weeks in a row. I don't know if it's the pressure of starting, but as you can see, um, he's not on the same page with Brady. He stopped. He sat down in a, in a route in the middle of the field instead of kept running. Um, he had another ball bounce off his hands. He did make up for it with an, an amazing catch later in the game, a, a 29-yard catch, actually. But you can't catch two balls on seven targets as a tight end. Last week, we played the Arizona Cardinals, and they're the worst team against the tight end in the NFL, and we had 38 yards receiving. It's not good enough. Kate Otten, you have to step up. You're going to have to make these plays if you're going to be starting tight end or you're going to get replaced in the offseason. There's no, there's no way around it. Step up, make the catches, understand the game and what's going on. Jay Camarda, our fourth-round pick out of Georgia, obviously you saw the Brady interview. You saw the NFL um, uh, Good Morning America uh, NFL thing where they talked about how he saved the game. It was an amazing play. It's not typical of the Bucks special teams. I can tell you that right now because they've been awful since Tony Dungy, actually. But I will tell you that that was an amazing heads-up play by Jake Camarda. Uh, hats out go to you, Diaper Dandy. Zion McCollum um, had a couple of tackles, special teams. He's still um, coming along. And then our other, our six-round pick out of Minnesota, Coquift, is blocking well, but he had a football bounce off his helmet on third down. Can't happen. That stuff can't happen. He had... The entire field in front of him. There wasn't a defender near him in front of him. If he catches that ball from Brady, it's a touchdown. We cannot make mistakes like that, rookies, right? We cannot do it. Coquif, you're going to have to catch the ball. If you can't get your head turned around fast enough, realize that the ball might be coming out and you need to, you need to have your head on a swivel. You can't just run your route and then wait till the end and then see if the ball is there. You have to be paying attention the whole time. But uh, Coquif and Kate Otten... As far as our rookies are concerned, they've got to step up this week uh, against Atlanta. And then probably the Dallas Cowboys is what it's looking like, guys, coming to Tampa, which should make a lot of uh, Cowboy fans happy. And we're coming, they're coming with Dexter, Dexter Lawrence, and they're coming with Mika Parsons. They're coming with some big-time pass rushers and Trayvon Diggs in the secondary. This team is no joke, all right? So we're going to have to be at the top of our game. So that's why we need to go into this Atlanta game, playing our starters, um, getting into rhythm, and moving on. That's everything I got to say about the Bucs. Again, we're following the plan that we should be playing, guys. We're following the plan. The last three games we need to win. We need to go into the playoffs with momentum. We have a home playoff game. We, need, we got Brady and Evans back on the same page, which is fantastic. I don't care if it's the second to last game of the season. It doesn't matter. Mike Evans got his ninth, uh, ninth, uh, ninth year of 1,000 yards. He's two away from Jerry Rice's NFL record. He already has the record for the most to start a career. So congratulations to Mike Evans. That's, uh, that's fantastic. But I'm very excited about the team. There's nothing to be down about, right? When that playoff game starts, the nine wins that we have uh, doesn't matter. And I really don't want to lose this Atlanta game. It would really, really make me mad if we lose the Atlanta game. There's no excuse for it. Let's go Bucks, right? Let's jump on to the Cowboys, which is probably going to be our first opponent. The Cowboys beat the Titans 27-13. to Joshua Dobbs, uh, the old Tennessee quarterback, six-year veteran, started for the Titans. 
uh, was his first NFL start, and he played accordingly. Uh, he did. He I thought he played okay, but the Cowboys, um, you know, didn't dominate this game. They haven't really shown a lot, but they won 27 to 13. Let's talk about their draft picks, okay? We're going to start with Tennessee. The Tennessee Titans took Trayvon Burks, number one, 18th overall out of Arkansas. Had four catches, 66 yards. He's looked like an NFL receiver. He just needs a quarterback, the poor guy. Uh, Their second-round pick out of Auburn, Roger McCreary, which was Revis's number one corner. Three tackles, one tackle for loss, and a pass defense. He's been as solid as it gets. Uh, Malik Willis, we talked about it. Malik Willis who was their third-round pick out of Liberty, played so poorly that Joshua Dobbs, who got signed two weeks ago off of the Detroit Lions practice squad, is starting for the Titans. And they have playoffs on the line. And they're still starting a guy they signed two weeks ago. So that tells you everything you need to know about Malik Willis. And if you listen to my breakdown of quarterbacks, in the offseason, I was not high on Malik Willis at all and could not figure out what these guys were seeing in him. But uh, there you go. Sean one scouts zero because I haven't figured this one out yet. Round four, Hassan Hawkins out of my out of Michigan. Haskins, if you guys watched the Michigan uh, game, what a playoff game uh, in college football! It was an unbelievable game. The finish was crazy too. Haskins had 12 carries for 40 yards. He looks like he's going to be backing up King Henry. Uh, and then their fourth round draft pick out of Maryland, Okonowo, the tight end, three catches, 24 yards. He had an appearance. So again, Tennessee needs a quarterback. The Cowboys played in this game. You know, Dak Prescott threw for two TDs. CeeDee Lamb had 11 catches over 100 yards. He's fantastic. Mika Parsons did his thing. So moving on to the Cardinals and Falcons. So the Falcons, who we play next week, you know, there's, you know they started Isaiah Ritter at, at quarterback. If you look at this team and you're like, okay, what are we going on with, this, with Desmond Ritter, right? How good is he? How did he play? Very, very interesting. I apologize. In my notes, I was looking at something. So round one, Drake London, which was the Atlanta Falcons, um, number one pick out of USC, five catches, 47 yards. The, the Falcons, again, like I said before, kicked the late field goal, 119, 20 to 19 over the Cardinals. Troy uh, Anderson, linebacker of, out of Montana State, who was their second round pick out of Tennessee, six, six tackles, um, two tackles for loss. Of course, we said about Desmond Ritter. He was the three-year starter at, at Cincinnati. He was a third-round draft pick, 19 of 20, 669 yards, no TDs. Um, you know, he's a game manager. He hasn't shown anything yet. He's just kind of feeling it. But they got a steal in their fifth-round pick out of BYU, Tyler Ajir. 20 carries, 83 yards, and a TD. He's been absolutely phenomenal. As far as Arizona, who only scored 19 points, they, they, they've had a really rough finish. I, I noticed the owner wasn't, wasn't clear about whether he's keeping the head coach or not. Trey McBride, which was the top tight end taken in the second round, 55 overall, seven catches, 78 yards, and a TD. They really focused in on getting him the ball this game to see what he could do, and he delivered. So congratulations to Trey McBride. Cameron Thomas, which was the 87th overall pick out of San Diego State, five tackles, one tackle for loss. He's a pass rusher. We talked about him at the Senior Bowl, which I liked him a lot. Myjay Sanders, the light defensive end slash linebacker hybrid out of Cincinnati, which was pick three. 100, had two tackles, two tackles for loss in the game. So there you go. That's a breakdown of the Falcons and the Cardinals. Let's go to the Colts and the Giants, who the Giants just made the playoffs for the first time in six years. They won, they beat the Colts 38-10. to 10. Uh, The Giants' first-round draft pick, Thibodeau, which I said probably could have been the number one overall pass rusher in the league, should have been over the number one overall pick, but he failed all of his interviews so poorly that he dropped down to number five. Four tackles, four tackles for loss, one sack, the guy was just unbelievable, and he did a snow angel next to an injured quarterback. So the guy's fierce. The guy's angry. He fits New York. So congratulations to New York on that one. Evan Neal, 
who was the seventh-round pick out of Alabama, has been solid at tackle for the Giants. You know, we can talk about who should have gone first, you know, him or Aquanu from Carolina. But as you noticed, Aquanu, who I said was a guard, not a tackle, gave up the pass rush to the Bucks that actually had the strip fumble at the end of the game. So Aquanu is not this – it's not Panay Soul. Let's just put it to you out the way. He's a guard. He's a Pro Bowl guard. They need to move him now. Let's move on to the Saints and Eagles. Saints won 20-10 over the Eagles. What a terrible game to watch. I recommend you don't watch this game unless you absolutely hate yourself. Uh, Minshew played terrible for the Eagles. The Saints didn't want to win this game either, but somehow pulled it off. Um, there's no rookies I want to talk about. Um, both teams' fans suck. The Saints suck. Browns commanders. Browns won 24-10. Deshaun Watson um, had three TDs in the game. Between these two teams, they both are just look pathetic teams. You know, we had the Wentz deal going on where, if you can believe, the head coach of the commanders didn't even know that they were eliminated from the playoffs, which I, I find fascinating. Why would you start a guy, Wentz, you know, who hasn't played all year after he got hurt? It just, none of it makes any sense. The, the only rookie to talk about for Washington is Jahan Dotson out of Penn State, their number one pick. Um, he's just been an animal. Scoring touchdowns, catching balls. I mean, you know, he's one of my absolute favorite players in this draft. I told you guys to pick him up on fantasy. He's a great, he's a great player. At some point, they're going to get him a quarterback, but he's playing this well without it. Jaguars, Texans. The Jaguars are shooting for the playoffs. They won 31-3 to over the Texans. This game was out of control after the first quarter. There really wasn't much to go. I will tell you there's a lot of hope for the Texans, though. Uh, if you look at their draft between – I still don't – you know, Sauce Gardner was the number one corner, but they picked Derek Stingley. Stingley, again, has been injured off and on, just like he was in college, just like I said before they even drafted him. In my breakdown of cornerbacks, I said, listen, I'm not taking a guy this high who has an injury history. Guess what? He's, he's, he's been often injured. Um, their second, their second first-round pick, Kenyon Green, has started for them all year. has been solid. Jalen Petrie is a star. The second-round pick out of Baylor, 13 tackles, 11 solo tackles, and one pass defense. Jalen Petrie is the man. Their other second-round draft pick, John Michi, is out with cancer. We talked about that. Christian Harris, linebacker, out of Alabama, which was the third-round pick, four tackles, three tackles for loss. Unbelievable kid is really coming on. Uh, Damian Pierce, we talked about. He's the number one rookie running back. I know there's an argument to be made for Brees Hall of the Jets, but he got hurt early. The, uh, Damian Pierce is out for the season, but he played really, really well. He's going to be a star for the Houston Texans. Thomas Booker, defensive tackle out of Stanford. Fifth-round draft pick. Um, he's getting some play time. O.J. Howard had a catch. I put that in my notes. I had to put that down there. There's an O.J. sighting. So every time I look at O.J.'s name, I think of Dalvin Cook. You want to know why? Because he should have been our pick. Every single time I look at that guy, it drives me insane, Dirk Cutter. I need a second tight end. Oh, my gosh. I can't catch. Can't block. Let's do that. It's crazy. I mean, I don't want to go off on a tangent. I'm having a good day. <laughs> First-round draft pick, uh, Trayvon Walker. Um, he's the first-round draft pick of the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, and he was selected above my number one guy, a Aiden Hutchinson, who should have been the number one pick, Grace. The reason why I'm pointing to you, guess how many tackles that Trayvon Walker had in this game? How many? Zero. Uh, a Zero. You want to know why? Because he shouldn't have been in the number one pick. Because, again, Jacksonville picked Trayvon Walker, who played on the number one defense in college football, who didn't sack on the number one defense. They drafted him on potential. You don't draft number one picks on potential. You want to know how I know that? I'm a Bucks fan. We did it for 26 years in a row. We drafted guys that we think were going to be good that never were good. Right? Devin Lloyd, my number one linebacker out of Utah, five tackles. Uh, leads the NFL in tackles. Congratulations, Devin Lloyd. Luke Fortner, the center out of Kentucky, has played extremely well. Chad Muma, 
their third-round draft pick out of Wyoming. We talked about this 6'6 linebacker uh, and the linebacker breakdowns. He had six more tackles, um, two solo tackles. Um, Snoop Connor, the running back out of Ole Miss, for those of you who like the SEC, um, he, is a, he was a, a terrific player. Um, had a TD, his first TD in this game, which congratulations to Snoop Connor. Gregory Jr., the cornerback out of Wachua Baptist, um, had six tackles and five solo tackles. So congratulations to him. So that's a lot of good stuff going on for the Jacksonville draft, other than the number one overall pick that they screwed up. And you know what? Maybe Trayvon Walker will be good uh, sometime, but he ain't Agent Hutchinson, that's for sure. And speaking of the, of the number two pick, the Lions won 41-10 to 10 over the Bears, right? Aiden Hutchinson who should have been the number one overall pick, should have been Jacksonville, idiots. Aiden Hutchinson, four tackles, two solo tackles, two interceptions, a sack, and a fumble recovery in one game against the Chicago Bears. He now leads rookies in every category. He is going to be defensive rookie of the year. There's no question. Chalk this up to me being right yet again. It makes no sense what these scouts look at. Every scout should be fired. For, picking, for, for thinking that Walker is better than Hutchinson, everybody should be fired. That's just the dumbest thing. I, I, I still can't, in my head, figure it out. Anyway, Hutchinson has made a massive difference to the Detroit Lions. Jamison Williams, the uh, Alabama wide receiver, had a target in this game. He's still working his way in the, um, the offense. Josh, uh, Josh Paschal out of Kentucky, another SEC guy. Four tackles, two sacks in the game. Um, he had his first sack last week. He's got three sacks in two games. Um, he was hurt all year. But, but he's the real deal as a pass rusher, guys. He was picked number 46 in the second round. The Lions know what they're doing picking pass rushers. So that was their second pass rusher in this game. Safety, Kirby Joseph in the third round. Four more tackles, four pass defense, safety out Illinois. What an underrated player. Then when you look at this, round six, guys. Round a six. Ah. James Houston, linebacker out of Deion Sanders, Jackson State, right? Get this. Three sacks in the game. Three more tackles, three more tackles for loss. In three games, he now has seven sacks. So if you look at, look at what, the, what they did pass rushers, this is what I love Jason Light, but when, when I have dinner with Jason Light, we're going to talk about pass rushers all night long because he does not like to draft pass rushers. This is how you change teams. Aiden Hutchinson, right? Two sacks. Josh Paschal, two sacks. James Houston, three sacks. Guys, that's in one game. These guys are getting to the quarterback. Congratulations. That, that, that defense is going to go from last to the middle of the pack to top 10 defense in the next three years. You just watch it. Congratulations. And then, of course, the Bears got one of my favorite players in Jacron Bisker out of Penn State. He had eight tackles, six solo tackles. And Kyler Gordon, who was linked to the Bucks in the first round out of Washington corner, uh, seven tackles, uh, six solo tackles, one pass defense. So the Bears did very good getting their back, their backfield going, defensive backfield going well. Broncos Chiefs, the Broncos uh, lost this game. Actually, they were super competitive, but lost 27-24 to over the Chiefs. The Chiefs had to do a miracle at the end to beat them. But there's no players I want to talk about. So the Chiefs are just rolling on with 13 wins. Dolphins, Patriots, the Patriots eked this one out, 23-21. Uh, Bridgewater, who had to play for the Dolphins over yet again, another injured Tua. Same reason why you, dra- you draft Justin Herbert, not Tua. It still makes no sense to me. The guy hasn't been healthy since he's been in the NFL because he's too small to play in the NFL. His style does not work in the NFL. This is a whole Bryce Young conversation, right, that what we're going to have in the offseason. We're going to have a big debate over Bryce Young. 
Uh, Skylar Thompson, their seventh-round pick out of Kansas State, went 12-21 for 106 in a TD and interception. Um, he got to play after Bridgewater got hurt. Again, Bridgewater got hurt. As far as the Patriots are concerned, Tyquan Thornton, the, their uh, number two pick out of Baylor, three catches, 60 yards, and a TD. He's really showing off his size and speed. He's really, you're, you're really getting something in, in, in uh, Tyler um, Tyquan Thornton. I think there's going to be something there for a long time for, for the Patriots. Again, the Patriots won 23-21 over the Dolphins. Uh, the Raiders uh, lost 34-37 to to the 49ers. Brock Purdy, I mean Dan Marino, played in the game. Um, played, played okay. Again, uh, it, the, the, the 49ers team as a, as a whole just plays so well, and it's so well coached by Kyle Shanahan. It's just amazing. And then for the Raiders, you know, they started um, Stidham, which I thought was done was just to get better draft position. I think they're trying to lose these last two games to get better draft position, but we'll see. They're going to trade Carr in the offseason, so we'll see how that goes. So I hope you enjoyed the fastest 30 minutes in podcasting. I think in the NFL, I think it's the best podcast in the world, but that's my opinion, Grace. Uh, how are my ratings? Good, five, five uh, star. That's my reviews, but how are my actual ratings? Are they booming? They are. So am I, am I getting a peak right now in the playoffs? You are, actually. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, well, good. Keep it listening. Share it with your friends, please. Uh, keep listening to the podcast. Uh, shout out to uh, several players that, that stopped by this week. Thank you for all the information that you gave me. I appreciate all the inside information that I get and, and that I get to share with Joe Bucks fans listeners and this podcast. Thank you for the Joe Bucks fan listeners who have bought cars at, at Bill Curry Ford this week at the end of the year. Uh, I'm going to create a list. Uh, my next podcast, we're going to go over some listeners that bought cars here, Grace. So I'm super excited about that. And then Ira just came by to talk, tell me about his uh, Derek Brooks conversation about Rodney Barber and Hall of Fame. So that's all exciting stuff. Uh, I'll see you guys next time. Please follow us at Bill Curry Tampa, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, go to BillCurryFord.com. Please email me at bestinclass at BillCurryFord.com or gthomas at BillCurryFord.com. I hope you guys had a great new year. Go Bucks.